0: He's writing to help people believe that Jesus is the Son of God, who he said he was, and that by believing, they could have life in his name. And so in his book, he gives us seven miracles, seven signs, he calls them. He doesn't call them miracles, he calls them signs, and these signs, each one pointed to the fact that Jesus is truly God, that he is the, 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 the one that can be believed and trusted and that by believing in him you could have life in his name. And uh, so we know all that. You know, we've, we've lived on this side of it. But, you know, the people who were living, especially before the cross, they had some real serious questions about who is this man there was a story about how he had been born in Bethlehem and, and uh, that angels sang that night. But those were stories that were circulated around, but none of them had actually seen it happen. And then Jesus grew up in a really remote area up in Nazareth. It would be uh, almost, uh, I don't know what what we would liken it to today. We'd call it podunk holler or something like that. It was a... Uh, it was a, a, a place where no, nobody ever expected anything good to come out of Nazareth. It was a redneck, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know why, I can't, can't think of a good way to describe it, probably kind of like Bolivar, Tennessee, where I grew up. And uh, it was just, uh, uh, he grew up in what we'd call obscurity. And uh, the only thing we are told about him between the time he was born and the time he was 30, was that his parents took him to Jerusalem when he was 12. And there he amazed the 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 leaders of the rabb- rabbinic school by asking them questions that they couldn't answer. And they marveled at his wisdom. They marveled at, at uh, and were amazed. But then he went back home to Nazareth, and for the next... Uh, 18 years, we don't hear anything at all about him. All we're told is that he went back home, and he was subject to his parents. He was an obedient son, and he just did what he was supposed to do. Very quiet, nothing about him. We assume, we don't know for certain, but we believe that his foster father, that Joseph, must have died. Sometime between the time Jesus was 12 and the time he was 30, because we don't have any other mention of Joseph after <clears throat> that experience in the temple at the age of 12. And so somewhere, possibly in his teen years, Jesus, as the oldest son, may have become pretty much the, the, the chief leader in the home and again we don't know uh there's no record of when joseph died or or he may have died when jesus was 25 or or 28 we don't know for sure but somewhere along the way jesus uh buried his his not his heavenly father obviously but his earthly father the one that had he'd grown up in in the home with and Joseph and Mary had other children. They had uh, at least five we know of for sure that are, are named. And uh, a sister and, uh, and, and then some, some other brothers. And so uh, when he was 30 years old, Jesus went down to Judea. And there was a man there preaching and baptizing and calling the people to repent of their sins and to prepare themselves for the kingdom of God. And Jesus went down and was baptized there in the Jordan River by John the baptizer. And when he came up out of the water, a voice spoke out of heaven, and the Spirit of God came upon him in a demonstrable way, and the voice said this, is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased Amen. and then jesus began to teach he began to after his baptism he went out into the desert he was driven out into the desert for a while for 40 days and 40 nights and there he was tested and tempted and he passed every test and then when he came back out of that wilderness he came back in the power of the spirit of god And he began to preach and teach and tell people the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is here among you because the king was there. And so uh, the people then had to reckon with that. Well, what do you do with a man who comes from Nazareth and he's just been... As far as we know, he's been a carpenter or a brick mason or something like that. He, he, he hadn't been to school. He hadn't been to a rabbinic school. He hadn't been to any of the, the, the things that you know, where you get a degree or anything like that. He's just a, just a country guy, you know. And he comes and he begins to make these amazing claims. He begins to say that he has the power, the authority to forgive sins. And he demonstrated that he had that authority by healing people who were crippled, by opening blind eyes, even on one occasion, a man that was born blind. And Jesus gave him his sight. He didn't restore his sight because he never had sight. He gave him sight. And he began to do all these amazing things. And John tells us from a little different perspective than the other Gospels. And he tells us that Jesus would minister sometime down in Judea, which is in the southern part of Israel. Then he would go back up into Galilee where his hometown was. But he was rejected by the people there in his own hometown. Can you imagine it? would be like, uh, say, Connor grows up here among us. We all know Connor. We all, And then someday Connor comes in and he says, God has anointed me to preach and to call this church to a place of repentance and everything like that. And some folks would say, who are you? We've, we've known you since you were a little boy. We've watched you grow up here. That's exactly what they said about Jesus. Now, of course, if Connor come in and started saying he was the Son of God, you know, we we might have reason to doubt that. But, uh, but, but Jesus said, you know, a prophet is not accepted in his own hometown, and that's pretty much true, isn't it? And so Jesus is up in Galilee, living up there with his mother, and his brothers and his sister. And then we come to chapter 7. And by the way, the opening of chapter 6, it tells us that it was Passover time. The opening of chapter 7, six months has passed. And now they're at uh, another feast. There were th- there were seven feasts or festivals that the Jews uh, uh, celebrated. And just like we have our feasts that we celebrate, Christmas and 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 Thanksgiving and other things. They had seven festivals, and three of those festivals, every male was required to go to Jerusalem during that festival time and to present themselves before the Lord and to offer sacrifices, things like that. One of them was Passover. That was what we saw at the beginning of chapter 6. And then the other one was 50 days later, it was Pentecost. And uh, every male was required to go to Jerusalem, if they, if they could at all. And then the third festival was called the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths. Passover celebrated the escape from, from uh, uh, Egypt. And God parting the Red Sea and, and God rescuing the firstborn through the blood that was on the door and things like that. Pentecost was a celebration of, uh, of the first grain that began to come in 50 days after Passover. And then the Feast of Booths or Feast of Tabernacles, which was celebrated just about this time of the year. It's toward the end of September Or the first of October, so Jewish people around the world will be celebrating the Feast of Booths even in the next few weeks, next couple of weeks. And it was to celebrate God's provision and God's protection while the children of Israel wandered around for 40 years in the wilderness and God fed them with manna, and God took care of them, and he caused their shoes not to wear out. Wouldn't you love to have a pair of shoes that'd last you 40 years? Ooh, be nice, wouldn't it? And uh, a lot of women would want, they'd want several pair like that, even though they wouldn't need more than one. But, uh, but they, uh, God took care of them there in the wilderness. And the Feast of Booths, what they would do is they would, it was, it was a, a family uh, celebration, and uh, parents would make a, a, a lean-to or a booth. We used to call it a, an arbor. They would take uh, uh, trees, limbs, and things like that, and they would make a, a little, uh, what do you call it, a uh, brush arbor, a brush arbor, and then they would they would sit in that arbor and they would tell stories about God's protection during the and God's provision during the wilderness wandering and they would it was also kind of like thanksgiving they would eat and they would have a a, a celebrating festival and so it was at this time of the year just about this time of the year actually And Jesus is up in Galilee. This is chapter 7, verses 1 through about 13 we're going to look at. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee, and he would not go down in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. And by the way, just in the short time that Jesus had ministered there in in the southern part in Judea, he had said enough and done enough that people knew that he was claiming to be equal with god and that in fact he was making himself god and so they hated him and they wanted to kill him and they and, and the people were amazed and they were uh, confused they didn't know in fact a lot of chapter 7 is going to show us different attitudes that people had concerning Jesus. you just kind of put yourself now, I can say, we know about Jesus on this side of the cross and the empty tomb and everything. These people were back on the pre-side. They didn't know. And so Jesus went about in Galilee, and he wouldn't go down into Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now, the Jews' Feast of Booths or Feast of Tabernacles, they called the the booth that they built was also called a tabernacle. And uh, uh, the, the Feast of Booths was at hand. So his brothers, this is Jesus' brothers. We know some of their names, James and Joseph and Judas, the different Judas, of course, They said to him, leave here, go down to Judea, so that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Now all that sounds pretty good. It sounds like they were saying, Jesus, you need to go down into Jerusalem, into Judea, and you need to go down and show them who you are. You've done all these miracles up here in Cana and everything like that. Go down into Jerusalem and you show, show off for them down there. Show them who you are. Because nobody uh, n- nobody keeps a secret when they can be known openly. In other words, they were saying if we had the powers that you say you have, we would go down and we would use them to amaze people and to show off. But listen, the next verse says, for not even his brothers believed in him. So these brothers of Jesus, they did not believe that he was who he said he was. They didn't believe that he was the Son of God. And I've often wondered, I I just wonder if there might have, surely there were times, as they sat around the table, or laid around the table, as they did back in those days, that Mary may have told the story about the birth of Jesus. I don't know. The Bible does say that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, but it would be hard not to say to the younger brothers, you know, your, your older brother is not really Joseph's son. He's the son of God. I don't know whether she did that or not. I don't know. But somewhere along the way, I mean, Jesus, the Bible tells us he never sinned. Can you imagine growing up in a home with a brother that never did anything wrong? Raden, wouldn't it be something for Mason to, to say about Raiden? He's never done anything wrong. I've never seen him lose his temper. I've never seen him talk back. I've, he's never punched me. He's never. He's just perfect. Now, that's probably not true. But think about Mason. Think how you would feel if you had an older brother who never did anything wrong. And he always told the truth. And he was perfect in every way. And, and if you knocked over a lamp and broke it, and your mom came in said, who broke this lamp? And nobody says anything. And then she would turn to the one that never, never told her. lie, always told the truth. And said, Who did it? Say, well, Mason did it. And then you'd think, man. I just wonder if that happened with Jesus a lot of times when He was when he was growing up, his younger brothers and his sister they'd get in trouble for things that they shouldn't do. But Jesus never did anything wrong. I've I've, I've actually laid in bed at night and thought about what it would be like growing up in a home like that and uh, what kind of pressure it might put on the... You know, we do know that in the Old Testament, Joseph, who certainly wasn't perfect, but Joseph was hated by his brothers simply because he was so loved by his father and was given preferential treatment by his father. So maybe the brothers kind of had it in for Jesus. And so they said, why don't you go down to Jerusalem? That's where they're trying to kill you down there. Why don't you go down to Jerusalem and make yourself known, kind of show yourself to everybody? Because nobody has the powers that you claim to have and keeps it a secret. But Jesus said, this is interesting. Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. But your time is always here. He said, I I know what you're saying. I know you're saying that if we had the power that you have, we'd be out demonstrating it, showing off and wowing people and maybe even selling our uh, ability. He said, that's that's the way, your time is always here. But he said, my time is is not yet. And by the way, the word that he uses for time there is not the word that is used often for time. It's the word that means opportunity. My my proper time, my time of opportunity is not here yet. And then he says, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. So the brothers probably understood what Jesus was saying. I mean, there may have been times where Jesus had testified about them, that their works were evil. He may have pointed out from time to time to them, and maybe even about them, that what they were doing was was evil. And he says, the world won't hate you because you're just like it. But the world hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. And by the way, the world still hates it. You know, the favorite verse that most unbelievers have that's in the Bible is the verse that says, Judge not, lest you be judged. And they say to us as Christians, you, you shouldn't be pointing out sin. I talked to a young lady uh, a couple of years ago, and, and she said, now, let me just say, before I start the conversation, I don't want you telling me that I'm a sinner. I didn't, nobody's ever started their conversation with me like that. And I said, well, I don't exactly know where to go from here because the Bible says that I'm a sinner and that you're a sinner and that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And she said, well, I don't want you telling me that I'm a sinner. She said, that makes me really mad. And I just thought, well, I'm about to make you even madder, probably. But the truth is, people hated Jesus because he testified, he declared, he showed that people's... Actions and attitudes and even thoughts and motives came out of a sinful heart. And people don't like that. His brothers didn't like it. They didn't believe in him. And other people didn't like it. And so he said, you go up to the feast. I'm not going up to this feast for my time has not yet fully come. Now, some people have have said, well, Jesus didn't tell the truth here because later he did go up to the feast. But he didn't say he wasn't going to the feast at all. He said, I'm not going at this time. And so his brothers went on to the feast. And then after saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, Then he also went up, but not publicly, but he went in private. And the Jews were looking for him at the feast. They expected him to come because he was a male over 30 years of age, and uh, and so he should have been there. And the Jews were looking for him, and they said, Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. And some said, he's a good man. Others said, no, he's leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly about him. I guess the emphasis that came to me as I read this is that Jesus has always stirred up conversation. Everybody has some kind of an opinion about Jesus. And I love when I'm talking to people, whether they're Muslim or, or, or Jewish or, or, or atheist or whatever, I love to come to the place and just say, what do you think of Jesus? Who is Jesus? What do you think of him? And it's amazing to get some of these things. Some people say, well, I think he was a good man. Some say, I I think he was a prophet. Even most of the Muslims would say he was a a prophet. Jesus himself asked, who do men say that I am? And then he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And that's the most important question for every one of us today. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who is Jesus? Jesus. You say, well, I think he was a good man. Well, he did a lot of good things, that's for sure. And he demonstrated goodness in a lot of ways. But if he was just a good man, he was a good man who claimed to be God. So if he was not God, and he knew that he wasn't God... And he claimed to be God. What would he be? He'd be a liar. He would be saying something that he knew wasn't true. If he claimed to be God. And he thought he was God. But he wasn't God. What would he be? He'd be crazy, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I used to work in a mental hospital back in Bolivar, Tennessee. And there were some people in that hospital who thought they were Jesus Christ. They would tell me that I, I'm Jesus. And I always asked if I could see their hands. And they'd show me their hands. I said, where are the nail prints? And that drove them crazy. And uh, they didn't know what how to answer that. But... I think it was C.S. Lewis who put it this way, that Jesus was either a liar or a lunatic or he was the Lord. If a man claims to be God and he knows he's not God, he's a liar. If he claims to be God and he's not God but he thinks he's God, then he's a lunatic. But if he claims to be God and he is God, then he deserves our worship, our faith, and our obedience. And so Jesus went down to the feast, and we're going to see what he did later because uh, everybody there at the feast then, when he did reveal himself publicly, they all had to make a decision. And we have to make a decision today. Now, here's the thing. Some people admired Jesus, but they didn't commit themselves to him. And there are a lot of people today who admire Jesus. They think, hey, he's a good man. And there are some people who are suspicious of Jesus, and they say, well, he's leading the people astray. And then there are some people who actually said in that day, they thought that he had a demon. They accused him of being demon-possessed. there were some who said, well, he's a reincarnated prophet of some kind. Other people had other opinions. But John said, I've written this book so that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That he is who he says he is. And that by believing you might have life in his name. And the Bible teaches that all of us, before we're saved, are under a sentence of death, but even worse than that, we actually are already dead as far as God is concerned. And our greatest need is not education, although I I love education. Our greatest need is not good health, although I am grateful for good health. Our greatest need is life. Life. True life. And how do we get it? John said, I've written this whole book under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing... You can have life. And I would say to you, this whole series of messages is designed for that same purpose, that you might believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have life in his name, that you might worship him, honor him, believe in him, and obey him. That's our purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your clear word to us today. And I know that there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who know the name of Jesus and even give some kind of recognition to that name. But they don't worship him. They don't honor him as the Christ the son of God they don't believe and I pray father if there's anyone even here today who would only see Jesus as a good man a great example a prophet a teacher that they might lay those things aside and say no he is the only source of true life he is the son of God And by believing, they might have life in his name. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song that says, Wherever he leads, I'll go. What do you do with someone who is God? He is Lord. You follow. You trust him. You love him. You follow him. And this song says, Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads. As someone in Sunday school this morning said, wherever he leads, I'll follow. Whatever he teaches, I'll swallow. I will believe it and receive it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.